podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome back to the AI Writers Podcast. I'm your co-host Leanne and joining me as usual is Tom. Tom, how are you? Yeah, I'm good, Leanne. It's uh, it's good to be back on the Writers Pod and it is good to be getting rocking and rolling. We're near Christmas now, so this is probably going to be our last pod before Christmas, but um, I can't wait to get into the Liverpool of it all. Yeah, it's, it's really good to sort of have Christmas coming up, but also have Liverpool uh, playing and, and winning games as they are, obviously off the back of that Man U win. Uh, which I think was our first one at Anfield since 2015 against them. I'm plucking that from the sky. It might be wrong, but I know that our record against them in the last decade or so hasn't been great. So it was really nice to get those three points. And obviously Mourinho is, has now got the sack. So that's the the cherry on the cake for us Liverpool fans. Um, but we'll, we'll get straight into the article. So first of all, we're going to talk about Tom's um, and, and how Liverpool have found new ways to win this season. So as good as Liverpool have been, obviously there's been a, a new approach to proceedings this year. So Tom, do you want to talk us through and, and sort of give your piece on, on what you've made of Jurgen Klopp's Reds this season? Yeah, sure. So it, it's um, it's about a lot of little things, really, that are sort of like all coming together. And I think the sort of the phrase that Gary Neville used on Sky Sports, which is the one that I keep coming back to, is that this is a much more rounded team. Um, this is a team that, you know, 12, 18 months ago, the sort of results that we've been turning in in the last few weeks. So, you know, for example, if you just, you know, if you just look at the, the last sort of five, six games that we've won, you know, beating Man United at Anfield, as you said, hasn't happened in, it hasn't happened since 2015 in the league. It hasn't happened since 20, since the 2013, 14 season under Moyes. So, you know, that sort of result just hasn't happened. Um, then you talk, you know, um, Everton beating Everton one nil in the 98th minute or whatever it was, you know, obviously that kind of result does happen before because it's Everton. <laughs> but, um, you know, that's still a, a, a bit of luck, a bit of skill, a bit of whatever. Then you're looking at games like the Napoli game, for example, you know, 1-0 up with five minutes to go. I don't think anyone was confident that we'd see it through. You know, I said before the game, 1-0 was the result I just least expected. And obviously, you know, Alisson makes a save and we pull it off and we we know we get through that game. Um, you've got the Burnley game, you know, and this is a point that's been made time and time again, you know, but I think it's a very salient one. You know, Liverpool 1-0 down away at Burnley after 50, 60 minutes. You, normally, you know, even 12 months ago, even this time last season, you'd just say, nah, this game's over. There's, there's, they're not coming back from this. We, They haven't got anything left in the tank. So this Liverpool team, I think it, it's not even necessarily a technical point. It's not even necessarily something that we're actually doing. But we are just finding ways to win games. And there's lots of little things I think I wanted to sort of highlight. Um, I wanted to highlight the subs. Um, Jurgen Klopp's substitutions have been phenomenal recently. Um, and we've already scored eight goals from subs this season. Shakiri, obviously, at the weekend against United is a perfect example of that. Comes off the bench, scores twice. And Klopp's been really positive with his subs as well. A lot of the time we're sat there after 80 minutes and he's making one change and it's a defensive one and we're struggling to understand what's going on. But he's been happy to use the likes of Sturridge, Shakiri, Firmino when he's not started. Origi more proactively and that's made a big difference I think Shakiri has probably made the biggest difference of the subs but you know it's just great to have those kinds of options um, another thing I wanted to raise was the mentality you know as I said one nil down against Burnley and even you know even the game against United at the weekend straight off the bat there 
a lot of times conceding the kind of goal that we conceded against Man United the weekend would have just knocked the stuffing out of us. But within about five, 10 minutes, the Reds were just straight back at it. There was a bit of a prolonged period of sort of, maybe not calm, but there was a prolonged period of sort of worry. But I think that's as much down to do with how we're reacting to it as fans as the players. The players, if you actually look at the game, they didn't really turn the tempo down too much. Um, So, you know, the mentality side of it's absolutely colossal. And then just a bit of luck. You know, we, we haven't always had the rub of the green in the last couple of years, but, you know, Shakiri's goals, again, I think the United game's a perfect example of all the things I'm talking about. They're both deflected. There's a little bit of luck in there. Um, the Origi goal, obviously, is the perfect example of a substitute getting a bit of luck late on in a game that we need to win. And we're just finding ways. And that, for me, is just the key, the key thing here. It's not even about how we're doing it. It's the fact that we are just finding ways to win. And you know, 12, as I say, 12, 18 months ago, Liverpool weren't winning these sorts of games. You know, the Swansea's that we get ones cleared off the line in the 90th minute, your um, your Everton's that ending 0-0 and 1-0 and 1-1. So, you know, these are games that through whatever reason, Liverpool over the last few years have just struggled to grind out those results. And increasingly now this season, and it did start towards, to be fair, towards the back end of last season, but we're finding ways to just win games, whatever the cost. And that for me is sort of the big, the big difference. It's not even necessarily how we're playing although obviously as you say we are set up slightly better to pull off these kinds of wins this season but it's just the way that every every little piece of the stars seems to be aligning at the moment and Liverpool just keep winning as a result yeah I think it's a, a really interesting article and you touched on luck there and it's something that Liverpool haven't had in a very long time especially in terms of you know penalties that's still going on Uh, But when you look at the record of penalties at Anfield, that is something that is just ridiculous. And and in terms of that luck aspect, it's something that Liverpool haven't really profited from in seasons gone by. But it's it's something that obviously that Man U game, as you said, is a perfect example where Jan Shakiri is able to make an impact. And and credit to him because he comes on and he is constantly looking for the ball. He's really, really pumping up the crowd. And so he does deserve the credit. But there was still decisive uh, deflections within that you know, passage or play that got us the win. So I think that's a, a really important aspect. The The other one I want to kind of bring up and, and ask you about is this idea of Liverpool being able to come back from behind. I think Burnley is, is the example that comes to mind where we're 1-0 down. Um, and as you say, you know, Salah and, and Firmino aren't in the team. And, and at that stage, it kind of looked like things were going a bit sideways for Liverpool. There wasn't really much happening. Um, and of course, we did come out with the win. So is it a case of Liverpool... Okay, we're benefiting from things like luck and and maybe this more pragmatic approach is helping in in terms of being able to come back from behind. But is it also a case of the players and their determination and their sort of mindset when we go down? It is not, oh, we've been beaten here, which maybe could have been the case in the past. It's actually we've got the quality here to turn things around. I definitely think that's part of it. Um, Obviously, it's a little harder to say because obviously the Burnley game is the only example I can think of this season where we have actually been behind at all let alone come from behind um obviously the arsenal games are no not the arsenal game sorry the um chelsea games obviously another good example but um yeah I, I definitely think it's a mental thing you know you could see when when burnley scored the goal we weren't in whereas in previous seasons we would have panicked we would have been deflated there was just a calm sense of we're better than these we're gonna win anyway it's fine what's the worst that can happen and i think there's, there's that sort of calmness and i feel like that emanates from the team i think you know you've got players in there who definitely help the situation you know when you've got players like Fabinho when you've got players like Allison, when you've got players like Van Dyke, who are maybe not maybe not infected in the same way with the sort of the Liverpool negativity of the sort of the Broad era and the early Klopp years where there was that sort of panic 
Um, I just also think it certainly helps when you're away from home to an extent because the crowd aren't panicking as well. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, you've got those players and you've got the mentality seems to be different. You know, players like Shakiri, who obviously played the whole full 90 in the Burnley game, but just they don't they don't see those sorts of things the same way that certain play, other players maybe will have done. And that's not even necessarily a negative thing to the players who've been around for a few years. It's more just a sort of a fresh impetus of confidence. Um, you know, and, you know, Klopp is really important in that because Klopp gets these players believing that they are the best. And now that confidence is building. And, you know, when you when you stick five, six wins on the bounce, when you go into a game against Burnley with, you know, having not lost a single league game, then you're kind of thinking, how could we lose? We're, we're good enough to win. You know, it's not just confidence, it's belief. And it's easy. It's easier to have belief when you've got, you know, 13, 14 wins and three draws under your belt. Because you do think, and you know, the United game is a great example of that. You know, in previous seasons, we would have been thinking we need the result here. You know, this United team, United team are ahead of us in the table, or you know, we're not quite good enough. And we've had previous results that have been about a bit similar, and it's been negative. Maybe we're a bit tired. Whereas in this game, I think you know the rotation's been really good this season. Um, but yeah, I just think it's you know, there's that belief that we can win these games, and I think that's when you are a good enough team to actually win. That is half the battle. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think you hit the nail on the head there. And I think it is the key word is belief. Um, when when this Liverpool side, not even when they're just behind, when they're struggling, when it kind of looks like things are a bit turgid, there is an ability there for those players to really come out of the, the traps, whether it be a second half team talk from Klopp that, that's kind of the instigator in that. But they, they really seem to be able to drive themselves forward. Uh, sometimes, OK, we've got lucky in terms of results, but it, it does feed back to this different way of winning and this different kind of attitude and, and mood around Anfield, around the fans, around the players this season. Um, what, where do you think that's going to take us in terms of looking forward? Because obviously the next up uh, is Wolves. I think that's going to be a difficult game. Uh, a lot of people have said, you know, the way we're going, it should be easy. Just another three points before Christmas. But looking ahead to, you know, in terms of fixtures, where do you think this kind of momentum is going to take us? Because you talk really well about finding new ways to win and, and all of that has kind of given Klopp a lot more direction and a lot more flexibility in terms of his tactics and what he can do. We've talked about substitutions in terms of Klopp is actually utilising them at the right times now, which he didn't do last season. Where does that take Liverpool in terms of the future and, and looking to really challenge for the title? It can only be a good thing. Um, you know, I mean, the Wolves game Wolves game will be an interesting one because Wolves, from what I've seen of them and from what I've heard of them, they're one of those teams that tend to play at the same level, uh, level as their opposition. So when they're playing teams like uh, Cardiff or Huddersfield, they tend to really struggle to get that, to get not down to level, but they really struggle. Whereas they tend to be really, really up for it when they're playing a big game and they've got some really top results against Man City, Arsenal, Chelsea. So I, I don't think it'll be an easy game and I don't think it's a game we can just walk into. But equally, I think, you know, it's a game we've got the quality to win. And that's that's the case, I think. You know, it's like you say, when we believe, if we if we go into every game with the attitude of this is a game that we can win, more often than not, we're going to win because we've got that ability and the belief combined to sort of get through the sticky patches and games to play at our best. Um, obviously, looking forward, it's it's difficult to say how well we're going to do in terms of the title, but I certainly think, you know, little things like this can make a big difference when it comes to the title. And, you know, off the longer the unbeaten run sticks about, I think the better because, you know, we've come out of that United game and that would have been the one where a lot of people were thinking, look, we, we're top the league now. We've managed to 
get to the top, it would be very typical if we straight away bottled it against our biggest rivals. But we've seen that game off. So I think, obviously, I think the ability to find wins is really, really important. But I'm not sure if it's something that can be taken forward, if that makes sense. Because I think a lot of it is sort of intangible. A lot of it is very sort of, as I say, a lot of it is down to luck. And a lot of it is down to uh, just... (laughs) Well, things that we can't necessarily control as well, but certain elements of it. So, for example, you know, the substitutions, if Klopp keeps believing in his substitutes and keeps taking that forward and keeps seeing players like Jordan Shakiri as really impactful off the bench, then that is going to be a positive thing because it means we've got more tactical options. Klopp doesn't necessarily feel the need to shoehorn Shakiri back into the team after a really good performance off the bench from United because he knows, well, if we need Shakiri for 20 minutes, half an hour against Wolves, he's there. I can use him. We don't need to worry about that kind of thing. Um, as I said, the mentality thing could be important. Um, obviously, we don't know how different it is over the last couple of years. But if Liverpool go into that sort, sort go into these games, and there, there are going to be sticky patches over the next few games, but if Liverpool can keep finding ways through them, um, I think the other thing that we haven't sort of mentioned yet is just the quality of the team. I think that's a big factor. You know, when you, it's all well and you know the Napoli game is a good example of this. You know. Yes, it's it's all well and good saying in previous seasons, in previous years, Liverpool might not have got through that game. The reason we did is that we've got a world-class goalkeeper. We've got a world-class centre-half. We've got world-class players littered throughout the team. We aren't just the front heavy that some people have seen us over the last sort of 18 months. And I, I certainly think it goes without saying, if you've got better players in the team, you're going to get better results and that's going to make it easier to win the league. Yeah, I think, you've again, you've touched on a really good point in terms of Shakiri and players like Shakiri who have come into the team and played really well, but actually then maybe not potentially retain their spot. I think that kind of buys into this idea of a, an increased depth and increased flexibility for Klopp in terms of tactics so he can maybe mould it to specific opponents. And I think that's also been at the heart of, of the way Liverpool have gone about things this season and, and the kind of progression and development of the team that we've seen. So I think it's, you know, uh, again, as you said there, it's it's really positive. The, the squad, the quality of the squad is constantly improving the development of the specific players as well and their attitudes. And, and it's nice when things like luck go along with that. Yeah, definitely. I mean, obviously, as I say, some things, some parts of this you can control and some parts of it you can't. But the bottom line is if you buy better players, if you buy a better goalkeeper, if you buy a better centre-back, if you've got more options your goalkeepers are going to make big saves and big moments. Your players are more likely to deliver the quality when it matters because they're better. And obviously that's not rocket science to work out, but it is, it is just the way. Um, I've got a question for you, which is with someone like Shakiri, do you think rotating the squad has helped the likes of Shakiri to sort of feel comfortable in the team without necessarily playing quite a lot? Or do you think that it's more Klopp is able to sort of talk to the players and keep the players happy and keep the players in a position where they know their places at the club or do you think it's a bit of both I think it's yeah it's an interesting one because Klopp actually came out I think it was this week and he said you know you're not going to be able to keep everyone happy with rotation things are going really well at the moment in terms of rotating players giving players like Shakiri a chance but actually in the long term there's going to be people like Daniel Sturridge or Diva Corrigi who aren't happy with their minutes and, and that's always going to happen at a football club in terms of Shakiri, I think it's it's a pattern that's actually worked quite well for him. Um, a lot of people at the start of the season, before you know, before Liverpool signed him, and were, were actually linked with him. People like Gary Neville were saying, "Is this a player who has got the drive? Is it a player who's going to put in the work and put in the graft to actually get in the team if he's not the first, you know, name on the team sheet?" And looking at Liverpool's attack, it was always a case of, "Well, Shakiri's going to add depth, but he's going to need to fight and compete for that place in the lineup." 
And I think that's something that's really come out of him this season because he knows that his spot is up for grabs every week. There is a spot there for Salah. There is a spot there for Firmino and Mane. And he's got to be the one, whether that be in the midfield or whether that be in the front three, to really make an impression on Klopp and force himself forward. And that causes things like healthy competition, which I think is is been the you know been a key aspect of Liverpool's progression this season. So in terms of Shakiri, I think it's working really well. Um, you know the rotation aspect. I do think. In terms of, of, of long term, it could be an issue with n- not players like Shakiri, but again, coming back to the Sturridge's and the Origi's, it's it's players who maybe aren't going to be as happy with that rotation. Yeah, definitely. I mean, obviously, Dibok Origi's maybe a slightly different case because it's not necessarily clear that we want to keep him anyway. Yeah. I think that's yeah. that's in it. But with, I agree with you with someone like Sturridge, you know. Even now, Sturridge is probably not getting enough minutes to maybe satisfy what he might want, which is maybe slightly frustrating for him. Um, and then another player who maybe has sort of similar issues is someone like Dejan Lovren. I mean, we'll come on to talk about the defence later on anyway. But And then you've got players like Alberto Moreno maybe. But I guess with Moreno, there's a lot of talk that we're going to let him leave on a free anyway. So I, I think, you know, if you look up and down the team, I think where Klopp has maybe managed to balance the team quite well is the midfield. I know that's obviously a really controversial topic. But I think... In terms of how he's used Cater and Fabinho, um, he's done okay to keep everyone happy. Um, I know a lot of people would rather it was just Cater and, Cater and Fabinho every single week and we could just bin off Henderson and Milner completely. But that's not realistic. Um, you know, we've got a team, we need to ban- balance the team and we need to balance the players in that team. And I think, you know, we've got the players to do it. We've got the players to balance it. It's just a case of going forward, seeing, you know, Fabinho and Cater maybe playing more than they have been. And that is something that we will see. Um, I think maybe where Klopp is still maybe having a bit of an issue is that with the front three in particular, he's still not necessarily keen to rotate the front three unless he absolutely has to, which I'm hoping won't come back to bite us. But, you know, with Sadio, with Bobby, they've both had a couple of niggles that have allowed them a chance to rest. But that's not necessarily them being rotated so much as them being injured. So it's going to be interesting to see going forward whether or not Klopp does do a bit more rotation. But um, how do you see the sort of the next spell of games going on that front? You know, do you see Wolves being an opportunity to rest players, Newcastle being an opportunity to rotate a bit? Or do you think that we, at this stage in the season, where we're at, have to kind of go hell for leather every week and wait until we get to the FA Cup to do a bit of resting? Yeah, it's it's a difficult one because, as I said earlier, I don't think Wolves would be an easy game at all. I think they've had a really, really good season and they've shown against people like Man City just what they can do and, and how frustrating they can be to play against. So I don't think it's a game where Klopp will go in and underestimate them. I think he will go full throttle because the players have had a little bit of a chance to to kind of rest. Um, so I don't expect many changes for that one. I, I actually think he's going to stick with the Fabinho, Cater and, and Vinaldo midfield and, and really go for it with that. Um Shakiri obviously could come in given what he did against Manu. In terms of Newcastle, I think that's that's a, maybe one where he might look to rotate things just because Newcastle have had a had a tough time of it of late. And you know, when we're talking about rotating things, it's it's not the case as was a couple of years ago where you're bringing you know really really poor players in, the likes of Ricky Lambert, and um, and having a noticeable drop off in terms of quality of the front three to to strikers. Um, yes, okay, there is still a little bit of a drop-off, but actually we have proven this season, especially in games like Burnley and and actually Bournemouth, I don't think we were full throttle in terms of our team selection either. Um, but we've proven that we can still get the result and we can still play well. Um, so I think that's maybe one where he'll bring in a couple of 
faces and rotate things. But in the main, as you alluded to there, I think it's it's difficult because Liverpool are in a real title challenge now. They are really pushing City. Uh, we're top of the table. If we win against Wolves, we'll be top of the table for Christmas Day, which is always great. And um, you know, people are standing up and they're saying, "Okay, this Liverpool team are actually gonna gonna cause problems this season. We do have a title race, and that's that's great to hear." But the expectation is still that City are going to win it. City are are kind of streaks ahead of everyone in terms of their depth, in terms of when they hit top gear, they really hit top gear and they blow teams away. So Liverpool have to be careful because if we lose a game or two, that could be all the all the room City need to to come through and, and kind of take the title away. So it, it is a very, very difficult one. It's kind of a juggling act, which is why I don't think, and unless it's something like the FA Cup, we're going to see Klopp bringing in seven or eight rotations. I think it might be a case of, are we swaps Fabinho out for Henderson or Genie out for Milner, things like that, where actually, you, you know, you retain the, the experience, you retain the momentum because you've still got a quality squad. Yeah, definitely. I think, you know, as Klopp will look at it as, I've got to put out 11 players good enough to win this game. And he's got to put out 11 players good enough to beat anyone. He can't, because we, we, we've, the only time this season where we've basically treated the game as a bit of a DOS, we got punished for it. So, you know, I think that's something Klopp will have learned from here. You know, he'll be looking at Wolves is a game where I have to put out an 11 good enough to beat Manchester City. Newcastle is a game I've got to put out an 11 good enough to beat Manchester City. That 11 doesn't always have to be our best 11 or what he sees as his best 11, but it's got to be a good enough 11 to beat, to beat potentially anyone. Um, and I think that's what we will do. I think, you know, we'll see, it's like you say, it'll be Henderson, it'll be Milner, it'll be Shakiri, for example, because bear in mind, Shakiri didn't start against United either. It'll be, obviously, defence, we're a bit stretched and we'll come to that in a minute. But, you know, it might be Moreno, possibly, but that's that would be a surprise for me. Um, it, helps, it helps that we've got a left-back who can consistently do 50-game seasons without blinking. That's brilliant, as far as I'm concerned. Um but yeah, and it'll be maybe Sturridge. And I, I think, you know, if you've got, say, for example, you leave both Mane and Salah and you play Sturridge alongside them, that's an 11 good enough to beat almost anyone. You know, you sub out Keita for Shakiri, that's an 11 good enough to beat anyone. Um, you know, Fabinho comes out, Henderson comes in. I know a lot of people don't like it, but that's still an 11 that's potentially good enough to to beat certainly Wolves and certainly Newcastle. Um, so yeah, I think I think that's really important that we do focus. And I think the other thing you said that's, that's bang on is, we're you know we're 17 games into the season and it only takes two bad results for the entire momentum of that shift to shift and as i say right now we are riding a wave we are it, it feels like at the moment we're in a position ever since since our loss to psg we've been in a position where it feels like everything we do comes off klopp can't do anything wrong his subs have been scoring goals for fun i think he's we've seen four goals from subs in the last five games that's just crazy um, you know, we've had balls bounce off the crossbar twice and come back in a yard out for us to score. We've had balls deflect off calves into the back of the net. You know, we've had offside goals go our way. And we've had, you know, our goalkeeper make a huge save in the 90th minute to keep us in the Champions League. So, so yeah, right now to those lads, it will kind of feel like whatever we do, it's going to work. And that's kind of what I was trying to get at here. You know, with the article, it is just the case that Right now, every single thing we do is coming off in spades, and that's brilliant, but that has to keep happening because we're at the stage, and we've talked about this before, it's going to have to be the case that we're going to have to keep delivering these sorts of results for an entire season because we're six, you know, we're six wins on the bounce now in the league, and that's brilliant. But if we lose the Wolves, we're not top at Christmas, and that's just a bit mad when you consider the run we're having. So it's great, and it's really good fun, 
But equally, we have to be conscious of the fact that things could change very quickly. Yeah, I, I completely agree. And I think we'll move on from there to talk about something which, again, we've alluded to um, earlier on about the defence and how it's it's a really interesting article, actually, that Scott's written about how the defence is great and Liverpool are obviously having a very good season in terms of goals conceded, in terms of the way that we're setting about things when we don't have the ball. But when we get those injuries and, and when we have the likes of um, Trent or, or Gomez out of the team, as Gomez is now, there is actually a, an issue there. It's it's not the depth that the rest of the team has. So, Tom, I'm curious to get your thoughts uh, straight away on this one because obviously Klein's come in. He's had a really good game against um, Man United. He's got a lot of praise and rightly so because he's not played football in a long, long time. And he did the whole 90 minutes. He was experienced and consistent throughout. He kept people at bay. Okay, Manu were, you know, were, were pretty poor, so he didn't have to do too much defensively. But I thought he had a very good game except for a couple of... Um, needless long shots what are your thoughts in terms of the defensive picture being really really dependent on those injuries it's horrible isn't it? it's not fun um, it's never a good situation to be in when you've got two centre-backs who are out for over a month and we're not a team that is blessed with a with a quality array of 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 centre-backs in the sense that we haven't got lots and lots of great centre-backs um, we've obviously got one centre-back who's world-class one centre-back who is really good, potentially potentially world-class is probably the best way to describe uh, Joe Gomez because he's obviously not there yet, but he's he's definitely on the way to being. And then you've got two centre-backs who can do a job. Um, but, but you know, when, you, when you're when you suddenly down two of those, you've got Van Dijk and Lovren who have got to deliver week in, week out for six weeks. And I think the biggest issue there is that Dejan Lovren is not a player who you can necessarily rely on to play. 10 games in five weeks because he often picks up his niggles. He has his injuries. I know a lot of this must be down to the thing that's that's plagued him sort of the whole of last season and over the World Cup, um, which we've sort of heard about. You know, there's a lot of sickness, that kind of thing. So it, his, there's definitely something going on there, um, which is an issue. Hopefully, fingers, everything crossed. Trent will be back soonish. There's some, hopefully some talk. He'll be back for Newcastle, but maybe that's optimistic. Um, I guess we'll see. So, and obviously at left back, we haven't really got any depth. So right now we, we do feel like we are a little bit down to the bare bones. It is going to be Robbo, Gomez, Lovren, Robbo, Robbo Van Dyke, Lovren, Klein, sorry. And that will have to be our four. And that's going to have to be our four for a couple of weeks now. Obviously, we, we've got maybe Milner slotting at right back. But there is potentially an issue there. But it is something that, you know, as you say, we, we got through United really effectively. Um, Klein, I, I mean, there's no doubt Klein's a good player. Right, he's clearly been a good defender for a long time. His injury issues have been really severe, and it's great to see him getting back to near his best so quickly. But the main reason he's not been playing isn't that he's not a good defender. It's because the role that we ask our defenders to do in the side is also a very attacking one. Because, and I said this before the United game, and I said this before the Napoli game, actually, the fullbacks are very, very important to this system, um, especially in especially if we're playing a midfield like, for example. Hendo, Genie, Milner, where we know we're going to be very reliant on our fullbacks, both defensively and for creativity. Um, and that is really, really important. And that was that was the case against Napoli. You know, I said before the Napoli game, we need Robbo and Trent to turn into the best games of their career. And they both did that. Um, against United, as I say, we know Klein's capable defensively, so that's maybe less of an issue. And I think the other thing is, if we've got a defender who's reliable defensively, it mitigates one of the issues. It mitigates the issue of having to worry about the defence. What it d- 
does do is it means Klopp has to be tactically more astute. And I think that's why he's been playing the 4-4-2 a little bit, because if Trent is not playing at right back, you need someone playing off the playing off the right hand side who's more attacking. So that means if you're playing someone like Jordan Shakiri, for example, on the right hand side, that mitigates against the fact that you haven't got a rampaging right back. So I think so, for example, the Shakiri Klein partnership might work quite well because Klein can sort of cover the fact that Shakiri isn't that great defensively covering, whereas Shakiri can sort of take the fact that Klein isn't offering much an attack out of the equation a little bit more. And then, so for me, Klein isn't really an issue. The the big issue is is whether or not Lovren can turn in five or six consistent performances without having any niggles, without having any worries and without dropping any big clangers. And as I said on another pod recently, you know, these right now we can afford a couple of niggling errors. We can afford Lovren to make a couple of stupid mistakes. It's just the timing of them. You know, in the 90th minute against Napoli, that is not the time you want Dejan Lovren to be making a big mistake. If we're, for example, 3-0 up against Newcastle and Lovren chucks one in his own net, fine. You've had your moment. We've got through it. We can deal with that later. So it is just going to be a case of timing. And again, it, for me, it's just going to come down to luck because a lot of this is going to be beyond our control. A lot of it's going to even be beyond Dejan's control. It's just going to be if we can ride that wave and ride that bit of luck with the defence just for a couple more weeks until either Gomez or Trent are back to deputise. Yeah, I think you're spot on. I think in terms of Nathaniel Klein, I don't really see an issue there. I think he's got the experience to come in when needed and and make a difference as he did against United. And so that offers Klopp an option if he needs it. Um, Again, in terms of the centre-backs, I think it does come down to Dejan Lovren and and Joel Matip and whether they're able to provide consistent performances. I think both of them have the capabilities, but sometimes they're susceptible to those individual errors, which Liverpool have actually moved past. So... You know, when, when Gomez gets injured, it's kind of a step backwards in many ways because, and it's in itself is an, an, an indication of just how good Gomez has been because when someone like Dejan Lovren comes in, as you said there, he can be a great defender for 90 minutes, but it's in the, the two minutes of added time or the four minutes of added time where he makes a mistake and, and everything goes wrong. And, and that's something that's very, very poignant about Lovren. I think he's a good defender, but I also think he has those moments which can really, really hurt Liverpool. And, and that's not what you want when you're fighting off Manchester City for the title at the moment. So it's an interesting one because I think the issue does kind of lie in centre-back. Left-back is an issue in itself because... Alberto Moreno is the only real cover for Robertson and as good as Robertson has been and and as much of an engine as he appears to be he seems like he can run forever if there was an injury to Robertson this would really really hurt that Liverpool team because it's not just defensively it's going forward he's everywhere and anywhere and so you know maybe that's something that Klopp needs to look at in the January transfer window would you agree with that in, in terms of bringing in another centre-back maybe. I know we've discussed this um, a couple of weeks ago with Ollie Emerson about how that in itself presents problems because how do you maybe, you know, juggle the rotation of bringing in another quality centre-back? They're not want to. They're not going to want to be on the bench. Gomez, when he comes back, doesn't deserve to be on the bench. So it's how do you juggle that and how do you bring in someone else to match the lack of depth in defence in case there are injuries, but also how do you keep everyone happy? I would buy a versatile defender. Um, you know, I've said I'd buy a defender for a while. I would buy a versatile defender. I'd play a defender who you can play at left back, you can play at right back, or just buy a defender and then use Gomez as the utility player. I know a lot. I know quite a few people are saying you should just be playing Gomez at centre back, but I don't mind using Gomez as a left back and right back on occasion. I don't think it necessarily hurts him too much. Um, but you know, you've got if you buy someone who's versatile and you buy someone who's 
ready-made and you buy someone who's good enough, then it gives you so many options because you can play. Um, you can play Gomez at right back and play uh, someone else alongside Van Dijk, or you can play um, that other person at right back or at left back, which allows you to rest Trent, which allows you to rest Robbo. You can rest Van Dijk for God's sake. Van Dijk's been rested. I think literally, I think he's only, the only game he hasn't played in this season. I think was the the was the League Cup game. So you know you can rest Van Dijk, which is something that we just haven't been able to do all season and probably won't be able to do now with our injuries. So you know even being able to give Van Dijk five games off a season could make a huge difference. Um, and the other thing is, as I've said, just play a back three. Like you know, I know I know back three is a different tactical system, but it is the main reason we don't use it is because we don't have the centre backs for it. That's it. Like that's I would say that's probably the main tactical reason we haven't used it at all because we've got the players to fit the system. If we played Trent and Robbo as wingbacks, they'd be great in those positions. We've we've got the players to play a two-man midfield. We've kind of been playing a two-man midfield anyway. And then you just play the boys up front. So you've got a really good balance and you've got a really nice adaption for a back three if you've got enough good centre-backs. And I mean, Gomez can play a back three. Van Dijk can play a back three. Just buy someone to go between them. Um, I mean, I mean, look, for me, centre-back is still one of the areas of the squad that needs improvement. I'm not saying that we we can definitely get away with not buying one, to be fair. We don't need to buy one, but I think it would be a huge boon to us if we went out and bought a good young centre-back who can play left-back or right-back if needed and just give us the options. Um, as I've said, I, I, Lovren is a worry, not just because of who he is, but because he's often struggled. I think I think Brundish has said, I don't think he's... I can't. I don't think he's gone six games without having to miss a game through injury in his Liverpool career. That that's. Uh, I think that's true. It might be that Lovren and Matip together. But either way, you know, Lovren is not necessarily a player you can rely on to play ten games in a row without picking up a niggle. And for me, we do need a versatile player just because I don't trust Moreno at left back. I know he's more. Po- I know he's. Like, I know a few people think he's better than people give him credit for, and that's fine. But he's not a consistently good enough long term option there. Um. And I, I like Trent and I love Trent, but we need I think we need another right back because not another right back. I think we need another right back option because I don't like the idea of shunting Milner around, shunting Fabinho around. Klein's fine there, but he's not going to get enough minutes consistently and Trent needs to be rotated. So I do like the idea of having someone who's a bit versatile just to give us some different options. And I, I've talked about this before. The Spurs thing. Spurs had the two best centre backs in the league. and They went out and bought a third one. Why not? If Spurs can do it and they don't even have loads of money to spend, we definitely can. Um, but as I say, we've got the numbers to cope, but it's just about luck, isn't it? And I think if we bought someone else to fill that slot who could rotate, who could make our options a bit easier, we'd be less reliant on luck. And I also think we're not going to buy loads of players in January. We don't need to buy loads of players in January. There's no harm in bringing one more lad in who has got the ability to make a difference. And, that could be the difference between win the league and not win the league. Um, I, I really want to hear your thoughts on this because I know we've talked about it before, but I'm very curious to see if you think buying another centre-back is a good idea. Yeah, I mean, I, I would tend to be in agreement with you. I think that there's issues with the with the back four, as as Scott has pointed out, in terms of the depth. Um, when Liverpool have everyone available, we've seen this season just how good the defence can be and how kind of well-structured it is, how the partnerships are really beginning to form, especially between the likes of Van Dijk and Gomez. Um, And Robertson and Trent deserve huge credit for their roles this season so far. But I also think, you know, when you look at, you you use Spurs as a perfect example, I use City. When you look at their defence, okay, it's not always perfect, but they've got so many quality options, so many quality centre-backs 
And okay, they keep them all happy because they pay them ridiculous amounts of money, which I don't think Liverpool or Klopp will ever do. Um, and I don't want them to do. But I think it's it is a case of yeah, maybe we need to go out and sign someone versatile. I think that is the key point. Someone versatile who can come in and, and play centre-back when needed, who can play left-back or or potentially right-back and, and slot in and do a job. But also someone that is happy to maybe not play all the time because I don't want someone to come in who's going to stunt Gomez's progress, who's going to stunt his development and really just push him down down the pecking order because I think it, that would be very, very harsh for a player who's had such a good season. Um, but yeah, I think I think you know in general Liverpool do need another defender just to kind of ensure that momentum keeps going. We we spoke earlier about the the rotation that Klopp's got going, and he's very restricted in terms of the defensive picture because of that. I don't like when Milner is shoehorned into the back four, but I understand it because of the lack of options. And I think that's something that Liverpool would do well to address, whether that be in January or whether that be holding out until the summer, um, which of course will depend on injuries and and. God, I hope that Van Dijk doesn't get injured because that's going to be a real worry if so. Um, but yeah, I, I tend to agree with you. I think Liverpool do need another defender. It's just a case of when Klopp will go for one and if it will be a case of holding out for someone like he did for Van Dijk. Yeah. Which which ultimately comes down to how well, how much he values Joe Gomez and what the, you know, the long-term picture for him is. I completely agree with that. I, I also think, you know, you can, you talk about flexibility, talk about tactical flexibility, talk about a back three. If Klopp doesn't want that, Klopp doesn't want that. He's not going to buy a centre-back to shoehorn them into a back three. And that's fine. I completely respect that and I completely agree with that. Um, but I, I think also think you're right. I think it, it's a difficult balancing act. But right now, we've got Robbo, Van Dijk, Lovren and Klein. That's it. Those are our only forfeit defenders. If something happens to one of them, we're in deep doo-doo. So I think, you know... I think it's difficult to balance. So, for example, balance Joe Gomez and balance, you know, and balance the future of the club and balance the new centre-back. But for me, I think it's very, very doable to buy someone without jeopardising Gomez's plan. But equally, I agree with you. If if Klopp, if Klopp's number one priority is making sure Joe Gomez plays as many games at centre-back as is humanly possible, then that's a very, very fair shout. And that's a very, very good way of looking at it but equally Joe Gomez is injured now and Joe Gomez, Joe Gomez as much as I love him he's every bit as injury prone as Matip and Lovren and we we can't afford to be carrying three injury prone centre-backs because you are going to end up in situations whether it's their fault or not you are going to end up in situations where two of them are injured and this has happened consistently over the last three or four years yeah I, I agree with that and I think I think we'll wrap there just because of time um, but I think you know credit to Scott it's a really really good article and a really interesting take on what a lot of people have actually overlooked because of Liverpool's form this season and how well we're going about things. But it is something, as, as you said there, that could um, could really be a problem if um, injuries don't go our way. So we'll have to just keep an eye on that and hope that Klopp takes action, whether that be in, in the summer or January. We'll, we'll wait and see. Um, but as ever, Tom, it's been, been great to have you on. Um, we put a lot of work into the show and, and credit to people like Guy and Nina who behind the scenes do a lot of work to make us sound a lot better and a lot more professional. So credit to them. We didn't bash Moreno too much, Guy, don't you worry. Um, but we will, as Tom said earlier, we will probably be back in the new year, um, purely because Christmas festivities are starting to set in. Uh, but it's been great to have you uh, have you on again, Tom, um, in terms of just talking through things, the two of us as, as co-hosts. Uh, so even without a guest, it's, it's always great to produce a show. 
have you got anything in terms of articles that, that you want to plug? Um, not at the moment, actually, because this is my main article that I've got out. Um, I will have some stuff out in the next couple of days, but no confirmation yet on what that's going to be. So just keep keep an eye on my space. You know, I, I've always got stuff out. So just keep an eye on it. A Christmas mystery for everyone there. Um, I, it, from my point of view, I've got an article coming out that's about the midfield and, and whether Klopp has kind of solved his midfield puzzle, which I think it's OK. It may be early days for me to say, but I think he kind of has just in terms of Fabinho, Vinaldum, and Cater, the way that they played um, and the way that they have played together. I think bodes very, very well for the future. It has a perfect balance between it. Even Fabinho and Vinaldum are able to get forward and, and drive into the box. Um, it was a brilliant, brilliant game for them against United. And Cater slowly but surely is starting to come into his own and show us exactly what we wanted from him. So definitely something to keep an eye on and hopefully something that I have not now jinxed. Um, but that's all, all from us and we will see you in a couple of weeks. Podcast Network.